Hello and welcome to Pod Sequentialism. I am, of course, your host, Matt Kennedy. Uh, Pod Sequentialism is a production of the Pop Sequentialism Traveling Exhibition and La Luz de Jesus Gallery and Meltdown Comics and Collectibles. Um, for people who are looking to pick up a copy of the Pop Sequentialism catalog, you can do so on the blog um, or you can send an email, visit the website, all those nice things. But um, I want to welcome to the show somebody who... Um, I think a lot of you are probably going to be familiar with, and I've never I've never met you before, so this is kind of a, a real pleasure for me too. My um, guest is Alexi Wesser. Oh, hi, nice to meet you. How nice are you doing? To you too, yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And um, so to go back a little bit, um, you're you're just launching recently a new podcast on Nerdist, right? Yes, it's called Love Alexi. It's I'm about like thirty thirty two episodes in. Nice. Yeah, and I'm. Uh, Completely obsessed with it because I'm I've been a fan of like Nerdist for a really long time. So mm. to be on their network makes me feel really proud that I I don't know how I got in there. <laughs> and then we record at Meltdown Comics. That's another thing that makes me feel uh, very cool because yeah. I felt like I like uh, I like that I can come into this this comic book shop now and feel like uh, yeah, yeah I belong here. This yeah. is real cool. I have my own spot here. Well, I say new because prior to that, you've got like nine years of blogging and, and other endeavors that yeah. people know you for. And I mean, there's the the YouTube station of, you know, In Bed with Alexi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remind me of all this stuff. Maybe I do do stuff. This is cool. <laughs> all right. Great. Yeah. I have a, a talk show that I produced and hosted called Alexi In Bed where... Mm. I would interview, I interviewed like, God, Father John Misty, Ariel Pink, Soko, uh, Jordan Vote Roberts, the director of King Kong and uh, Kings of Summer and yeah, lots of like, and just lots of bands and cool people mm-hmm. in my in my bedroom. And I'm yeah. Boy Crazy before that. I'm boycrazy.com, which is yeah. like a, my blog. Yeah, where I overshared, made videos and interviewed people on the street and did top 10 lists and just like lots of like very raw, honest, journal-esque entries, journal entries on for, for the public to see. What's funny, though, is like, while that type of direct connection for people who were doing like kind of confessional type stuff was had been around, um, you were doing it in a much more public format and getting a lot more attention for it pretty early. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you think so? How yeah. come? Well, I mean, I'm familiar with, you know, <laughs> I go back to some of the tribes, you know, and like some of the really early um, social media stuff. And, you know, even back to just live journal. Oh, like yeah. when no one really took the kind of live journal model and took it into a podcast or into video quite like you did when you first did it. Oh, wow. What exactly was live journal? Because it still exists. And a lot of cool, around. interesting, bizarre stuff happens on live journal. So, what yeah. was the idea of live journal? So, live exactly? journal is after Friendster. And live oh. journal was kind of like a, a way of giving personal. Um, public diary website to anybody who wanted one and so you could write about anything yeah and so a few of my friends became relatively famous um based on the back of of just live journal oh really yeah who are these people mia matsumiya became really big off of that and then she started you know about a year and a half ago she did the um oh what was it the perv magnet instagram where she shared some of the messages that she got from from creepy guys on you know oh, yeah. grinder and everything else. I don't know why I'm nodding on a podcast. We're on a podcast and I'm like <laughs> nodding yes to what you're saying. Um, uh, yeah, I remember. I feel like when I looked at live journal things, it would always mm. be like weird. I'm not anorexic. I'm gonna just put that out there. But right. I always feel like my friends or I would get led to these bizarre um, uh, portals of, of the internet. And it would be like live journals of girls who had eating disorders. And yeah. it would be like this weird cubbyhole of like, 
how to like how to have an eating disorder or how to get into like just like it was really weird yeah cutting uh, and all that stuff cutting yeah. and just like uh yeah just like it's kind of dangerous it was a forbidden. really gamer centric um kind of site like that and now i can't remember what it was and mason it was... help us do we ever make reference to do you ever yeah, make reference yeah, to mason no, we talk about mason all mason the time mason is right here the producer he's your aristotle yes right <laughs> so i have my producer of my podcast is a 24 year old aristotle mm-hmm. and i have a i have a very intense relationship with him where I'm always afraid he's mad at me and if he doesn't return my texts quickly enough or my emails I spiral and, and like uh, just have a meltdown and crumble I'll, I'll make you my Copernicus because she's got an Aristotle uh, yeah, yeah exactly but Mason's a really strong name too that's yeah, really great yeah. but uh, do you not want us to talk about you I don't think he can handle the attention but uh, yes what were you saying you're asking Mason for a, a name yeah of- but there was the um, it was a, a live journal type website that was really video game centric and it was like Mason is useless. Just kidding! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, don't let us down, Mason. But yeah, totally. Like, like this live journal. I think it's actually coming back, just like Hotmail accounts. Like I used to have a Hotmail yeah. account that I thought that, and like I think I'm gonna start using my old Hotmail account because it's it's uh, it's almost vintage now, mm-hmm. and I feel like live journals are like cool and weird again. Well, they keep saying that MySpace is on its way back, but I've uh, yet who to says see that? that? I don't know about that. I'm so embarrassed about my my MySpace. I'm trying to delete it. I don't know how. I don't remember even my logins. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. That's and exactly I, I why I can't delete it. And I don't I don't run the company that I, I set it up for anyways anymore. Really? Yeah, I sold my interest in, in the DVD company years ago. Um, But you run the gallery at La Luz de Jesus. Am I, I saying do. it right? Yeah, like, you I'm like are such perfectly. a white girl, like yes. La Luz. <laughs> no, I think it's funny. Like if you listen to like NPR and you hear like obviously very Caucasian voices and then they, they just roll into like Guatemalan, you know, know, or something. It's and so it's, embarrassing. It's, it's like watching your dad rap. Oh my God. Oh God. If I spoke to my dad, I doubt he would rap for us. <laughs> but anyway. Well, next time I speak to your next dad. Next time you speak to how can yes. we call you back and not me? But uh, where are we going with this? What's happening? <laughs> so the, um, that's a good question actually. But the, um, so I put myself out there on the internet real yeah, hardcore is yeah. what I did. Yeah. And so the um, when did you first start getting like feedback? Like, was it a a pretty quick process of getting people following you and interacting? Oh my god! Well, probably. Oh god! Maybe like eight or nine years ago, nearly nine years ago, I was like, I had a boyfriend who was like the first. It was like the first time I ever had a boyfriend who was very like like my like a friend who really uh, got me and Mm. liked the real me and was my best friend and and like I could be a hundred percent myself because sometimes I feel like when you're in relationships, like you're only. uh, your aspects of yourself, but you're not a hundred percent because, sure. and then it's weird because then you talk to your friends and you vent about the person you're dating and everybody else kind of knows a hundred percent of who you are and what you're going through, except mm-hmm. the one person you're supposed to be closest to that you're having sex with and, and dating and this was your friend. Yeah. Anyway, but I was dating this guy and I would tell him all my stories about past dating relationships and horrible, awkward, like sexual, uh, uh I don't know, nightmares and encounters or whatever, uh, debacles. And he was like, that is some funny stuff. You got to write that down. And I was yeah. like, okay. And then I thought, oh God, everybody has a blog. The word blog kept coming. Yeah, I kept noticing blogs. And he was like, you should start a blog. And I was like, I'm not starting a blog. I don't like the word blog. I didn't, I used to not like the word podcast either. Mm-hmm. But fuck that. This, uh, podcasts are great. And well, that's got two two syllables. Pot and, and blog's just one. Like, one. Like, bleh, like and yeah. yeah. And it, it sounds yeah. like what it is not. Yeah. And podcast kind of sounds like what it is. Yeah. Even the gesture that I made that nobody can see kind of is like the ultimate gesture of podcast. Oh my God, I love podcasts so much. <laughs> I'm such, I mean, like all I do is listen to podcasts nonstop. Sometimes I'll drive around Los Angeles for like hours and hours aimlessly like heading into Reseda or the valley, like the deep, deep valley. Mm-hmm. We're recording in West Hollywood right now, but I will drive out very far 
and just listen to like every podcast that exists. So like, what brings you out to Reseda? Just listening to podcasts. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just aimlessly driving. And Reseda is really neat and weird too. That's got a weird like uh, energy to that place. But anyway, so I was like, uh, I, I apologize in advance. I'm going to be all over the place. Okay. I'm highly caffeinated. But uh, so you go start a blog. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I, okay, fine. I'm not going to be scared. I'm going to start a blog. But if I do it, I'm going to be super raw and honest. I'm going to put my face and name, you know, to all the stories. Front and center, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to have like some pseudonym or something. And also I assume nobody would be reading it. I thought, yeah. nobody's going to care about this. Who cares? But I would just like, and I would, I always made sure to publish stories or coming of age stories or dating stories or whatever it is I was writing. I made sure to be so honest and so vulnerable and so raw that I was, I was, I knew I was proud of what I wrote if I was really scared to press publish. Right. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I don't know, people, I started using Twitter. I think Twitter was new around then. So I was using Twitter and Facebook and friends were getting the word out. And I, my boyfriend at the time had stickers made and we had buttons made. And I was just like walking around Los Angeles street teaming and jumping onto jumping over fences and like breaking onto high school campuses, like with a hoodie on and like pretending I was a student, even though I'm like nearly six feet tall and, you know, in my late twenties at the time or mid to late twenties. And then I got the word out and then magazines started like coming to me being like, Oh my God, we love your thing. It's uh can't believe you said that or yeah. the response I got was just very so I'm rambling but like there's well, I gotta imagine that you know a publication like Rookie would be all over you oh, I think this was like way pre-Rookie mm-hmm. pre-Rookie but I uh I do know a lot of people who work over there and but I, I think that the general consensus was like uh was uh oh and also I would do these weird things to get the word out because then I started getting very obsessed with my blog I was like because the, the feedback was good the feedback mm-hmm. from girls on the internet and emails I was getting was uh Oh, I, I, I've gone through that too. Or that makes me feel so much less alone. Or I can't believe you wrote about that. Whatever, whether it was like, oh God, I don't know, damn, but like period stories or blowjobs or dating or just feeling insecure and hating my body and just not feeling enough and, and wanting to be liked and just putting up with uh, somebody giving, people giving me so little or just internal, internal turmoil right. that I was experiencing. And I would just put it out there. And just even and really- that you know is not- you're not the only person experiencing it, but there's well, a I void. Didn't, I didn't know. I didn't. I, I was just writing all the, because I, I, you know, I was way more self-conscious than I am now mm-hmm. back then. Hyper self-aware as per the use. So self-conscious, didn't like myself, dealing with having a misogynist father. And I will shut the fuck up momentarily, but like my dad kind of hates women. <laughs> I'm a woman. I had all this shit. I think like, they used to just call those men. You know, at a certain misogynist, point. yeah, yeah. It's like... All my, my, I have an older dad. My dad's like thirty years older than my mom, so, yeah. uh, so I was just like dealing with all this shit and kind of, and I found myself by writing this blog. I, I've evolved so much, and then mm. people, were, other girls, are like, "I can't believe you put your your face and name to this, but you really made me feel less alone, and and uh, made me laugh, and made me feel less alone, and made me whatever." And then magazines started picking up, liking and writing stories, and it was just like. Two more things and then I'll be quiet. But uh, no, continue. I, I have absolutely no problem with this. It's great. Um, well, I did these things because I was so into my blog. I was so like passionate and obsessed with it, which is how I feel about my Love Alexi podcast now. Mm-hmm. I'm just like so all about it. I would go into American Apparel and put my little homemade stickers or my stickers that I printed out of a printer 
onto Vice magazine mm-hmm. and onto like American Apparel like f- things. So mm-hmm. I would look like I was aligned with Vice and American Apparel. Right. And I also did that at Urban Outfitters to the point where I got like kicked out of Urban Outfitters multiple times because they were like, get out of here. Yeah, we got thrown out of a couple of movie theaters for um, street team people that were dropping La Luz de Jesus postcards really? off at like the Arc Light. That's and, insane. Like, yeah, they were like, you can't put these here. And I'm like, what What could possibly be so offensive? And what it turned out is, is we did it for years and no one complained. Yeah. And there was a couple of postcards that had some nudity on them. Oh, you God. You know, artistic, not, not, wasn't even photographs. Relax, everybody. I know, right? Jeez. Now we're kind of going through a weird version of that with the, the naked Donald Trump statue that we have. Oh, the gallery. good. Keep pushing forward yeah. with that. Who's going to defend, like, yeah. who, who's defending Donald Trump? Who's like not letting you put something? Well, how weird is that? Here's here's a very bizarre segue. Yeah. So, um, you know, on last Thursday, I guess when the uh, the Indecline guys put that that statue out in front of our shop, there were five of them. There was one in New York, one in Cleveland, one in uh, Seattle, and one in San Francisco. Wait, I'm confused. I'm so not political. Mm -hmm. I'm only about feelings, makeouts, dating, and uh, whatever. (laughs) Like, wait, what happened now? Who what? There's a life-size sculpture of naked Donald Trump that has no testicles and a penis that's about the size of the tip of your finger. Oh, okay, cool. Now I'm on. And it's got um, an exaggerated gut, but it's otherwise, and I think the hands are too big. Ah! But um, (laughs) But the height is correct, and it was, you know, to scale. And um, as a, this the title of the piece is The Emperor Has No Balls, and it's it references, of course, the Hans Christian Andersen story, but in a way that, you know, Donald Trump seems completely oblivious to his own presence and his appearance to other people. Yeah. And um, so before a kind of weird far-left backlash came against the statue saying that some people thinking that it was a body shaming thing, and I completely disagree. Oh, my God. The person who called the police, at least in L.A., used very legalese type language. It's not the type of people that generally call about a noise complaint or about seeing, you know, uh, someone's boobs in public or something. Mm-hmm. It was very specific. And so we're, we're pretty sure that that came from the Trump campaign. We can't prove it, oh but it was certainly somebody who had a problem with it because it was Donald Trump. Ugh. And so um, as they started getting pulled down in every other city, I went out and we crowbarred it up off of the um, pavement and put it up on our stairs. That's hilarious. Still in public. The police came and asked um, the employees to, to take it back inside. That happened when we were podcasting last week. So when I got back, I was like, where's my where's my Trump? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and, and I saw Your the police. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> my Trump now. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the police uh, talked to me and said, oh, you know, we, we had someone had called and said it was an unclaimed public artwork. And I, and I told them, well, oh when we moved it to our stairs, it was a claim and it's now on private property. So unless there's an issue of obscenity with the genitals showing – and the the police were really nice, actually. And one of them was named Officer Estrada, which I thought was great. Officer you know, Estrada, yeah, very sexy, very chips, you know. <laughs> and um and and he he made a call to the watch commander. The watch commander called the city attorney, and the city attorney was like, "No, you don't need to put anything on it as long as it's on private property. You know, it's like if it was a statue of David." Um, not only would the penis be larger, but um, oh you know it, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah. And then the New York City, when they they like every other place destroyed the pieces when they removed them, so this is the only one that's intact. And I just came from the Jimmy Kimmel show, and it's the statue is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. Wait, what were you doing at the Jimmy Kimmel show? Delivering the statue for them to borrow. Oh my God. Yeah. Side note: How heavy is the statue? It's about eighty pounds. Oh, so you can just lift it. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, good. Yeah. I was worried. <laughs> like, worried. Let's get let's get to the real real problem. Strong like Hulk. Yeah, oh God. 
But um, so that segue out of the way. Yeah, I mean, we we do have there are definitely instances where regardless of how innocuous or how in your face things are, there's going to be that part of society that's going to bug out about it. Uh. And so I have to ask you, because you're you were talking about some really raw stuff. And um, and it's great that you got great feedback from a lot of the female audience. You must have had just dicks that, you know, are going to be dicks that yeah. are online. And that's that's their only purpose in life. Yeah. And. What was the percentage early on? I mean, I'm uh, well. My feed, like the positive feedback, came from men and women, gay, straight, bisexual, whatever. Like mm-hmm. every, I was like such a beautiful thing. Sensible human beings, just nice human yeah. beings who are like, thank you, we appreciate your honesty. Like I see myself in you, and you're not alone. And I don't know. So that may, uh, but then I see myself in you could be a really bad line. Oh, that could person. be a real bad yes. line. The the the, me, the creeps who said that. <laughs> I was like, no thanks. But uh, uh, oh god. But I don't know. I mean, they're always you know. And then they're like, early on, I think like there are a lot of people in the skateboard community who are like very supportive, but then also uh, a little broy, a little broy, and I I would expect more. I I, I don't yeah. like sarcasm. People think that I'm I like sarcasm, and I really don't. I like funny people, and I but I like warmth, and I like kind people, and I'm probably more healthy than I was when I started doing my blog. Smirk, not snark. Smirk, not smart. A snark? Okay, yeah. cool. I'm trying to take that and make it my own. Is our hashtag. I failed. <laughs> is, that your, is that really your hashtag? No, you can have it. It's okay, yours. I'm taking it. It just came up right, right now. Mine now. Um, uh, And I want that uh, I want that Trump statue, too. I want it when, when Jimmy Kimmel's done with it. But uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, then I just got, like, these sarcastic kind of, yeah, creepers uh, who are just like, you're, you know, and that's fine. I'm not for everybody, but uh, I think when you put yourself out there, you have to be ready mm-hmm. to get trolls, and people are not going to like you. Yeah. But the and you just have to kind of tune it out, and getting a response, a big response, whether it's good or bad, is is kind of good. It's like you want people to be responding. Yeah. Uh, oh God, I feel like this ties into like uh, Trump's whole uh, whatever. I'm not political. I'm not going to go there. But just you know, it's not <laughs> just any publicity about, is good publicity. Any, yeah, and I don't really mean that, but I kind of. But uh. But it means people are paying attention. People are paying attention. So so uh. Yeah, I just had to kind of like learn to tune that out, but um, but then something really weird happened recently. This was, was this wasn't what. Uh, oh, the good thing is when when the po- when the fe- positive feedback came in, it was very positive. It was like so heartwarming I could burst into tears because I guess I was creating like an example that other girls and boys or whoever could come to and be like, you know, I I like you. Like the the cool people flocked me, and then the mean people. I just had to like learn how to brush it off and be tougher. And that's hard because I am very sensitive. But uh, hard in general, I think, especially you know in mediums where it wasn't so easy to get feedback before. Yeah, no, it's everywhere. Everybody has a platform, which is good. Yeah, which is good because that's why I have a podcast. You have a podcast. We have our you know we have our Twitter accounts, our Instagrams. But you've got to get yours together. So I I I wanted to tweet about this, and I couldn't even do an ad thing. And I promised them last week that I was going to have this done. I I I promise you, by the time you drive home, I will have a Twitter up for Pod Sequentialism. Are you encouraging me to tweet and drive? How dare you? I can't (laughs) believe you. By the time you get home. Okay, after the drive. After the drive. All that matters is when this comes out that I have a place to i can i can tweet it out and then you'll have your at yes um what was i going to tell you oh here's something that made me furious and just so angry and crazed the other day Mm -hmm. uh so i did many years ago Mm -hmm. maybe a handful of years ago i uh did a cover story for oyster magazine some fashion magazine in australia uh which is another thing that my blog kind of gave me this opportunity to be seen as a writer and I could write for magazines and I sold a bunch of TV shows that never got made because the people are like, we like your voice and you can write blah, blah, whatever. So years ago I did this cover story about the rapper guy, Tyler, the creator. Yeah. 
Oh my God, I love Tyler. I love hilarious. I love him too. So after I interviewed him for Oyster Magazine, I... I you know I I did a video interview with him and it was very quick and I edited it and it got millions of hits and I never got paid for that on YouTube somehow I don't know why where's that money who took that money but uh <laughs> anyway I did this little interview with him where you know I have I'm playing this kind of heightened character like the boy crazy version of me where I'm where I'm flirting with him I'm being silly and I'm asking if he's going to write a song about me and I ask to see his abs and all this stuff and you can't see my face it's just my me you know my voice behind the camera right the body language oh, Perfect. Now we're talking. I come back and thank, thank God for Mason. Mason, ladies and gentlemen. Woo. Woo. Useless now. No, no, you were never useless. I take that back. I'm leaving. I apologize. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, you know, apologize by leaving. Um, so, so I do this interview with him, and I'm making jokes, and he's like, he is just being a dick to me, and he's, which is hilarious. He's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, maybe I'll write a song about you, and he's like eating pizza with his mouth open, and just very like, uh, very cavalier, couldn't care less that I'm that I'm there, and I'm just like playing it up because I think yeah. the humor of it is me coming on real strong having a crush on him mm-hmm. playing like I'm the voice of all the girls who will be watching it who have a crush on him and him being completely indifferent and him being indifferent yeah so the other day and that was years ago and people are so mean to me about and my face isn't even in the thing but people are so mean to me about this video where if I do read the, the comments on Facebook if it's reposted or on YouTube or troll trolls will be like if that's what they're called trolls I don't even want to be rude to them I just want to wish them well and ignore them but uh they'll be like oh this thirsty bitch and all these like horrible mean things like I I want to kill like death threats like death yeah. threats fuck her like he'll be the worst things they say about me and that's whatever it is the other day somebody commented on my Instagram and I had put up a post about the Stanford rapist Right, uh, Brock, right? right? His yeah. name is Brock. What? Uh, and I, the I just, slap on the wrist, um, punishment. Thing. Yeah, yeah. About you know this guy Brock raped a girl who was uh, compl- blacked out, drunk behind a dumpster. He raped her, and it was just brutal and so sad. Made me feel a ton of feelings, and it was just horrific. Mm-hmm. Some guy commented, "You should." You shouldn't throw stones if you live in a glass house the way you sexually harassed Tyler, the creator. And I I remember I was at Target. Yeah. Maybe we can get some Target sponsorship for this podcast. Because <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> I was we were crossing fingers our fingers, crossed. fingers crossed. Yeah. But I was livid. And I, I couldn't believe that some fucking disgusting troll like that's how small-minded he is and that's yeah. how small his uh, the aperture to his uh view on life is that he's gonna compare my silly little internet video uh where i'm casually flirting and being silly with Tyler the creator uh to what this creep brock did uh, yeah you know well that's that's the couldn't believe it the um the Ugh. rule of unfortunately not diminished returns on the false equivalency that when people just don't get something yeah. and they want a fast thing, they, they don't really measure up what, what the equivalent difference is. And this is really interesting. I had a conversation with, um, with a friend of mine online. Um, she's a film critic and Kim Morgan, she's great. And, yeah. um, she put together a list of her 10 favorite films for the, um, the BFI British film Institute. And they, they ranked films of like the, the of the post 2000s, you know, millennium. And the number one film on the list is Mulholland Drive. Yeah. And I'm completely befuddled by the popularity of latter-day David Lynch, even though I love early David Lynch. Oh, wait. So where do you draw the line? What's what's latter-day? What's uh, early day? I Where's... draw the line at Fire Walk With Me. Okay. And then so... Um, God, I love David Lynch. Inland Empire, which I, 
I worked for the company that purchased that and released it. Oh, wow. So I had to watch it like four or five times to get through it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just—I was just like, wow. I, I feel like we're giving him rewards for his former glory, like you know. That happens a lot. With like people. giving Tommy Lee Jones the Oscar for you know The Fugitive instead of giving it to Leonardo DiCaprio for um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh yeah. You know, like God. that type of thing. Like the I'm learning last so much stuff today. Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the um, I and I, oh, I, I posted actually, that. I that actually, I, I actually feel like that happened this year at the Academy Awards when he won for. Oh, for the, the revenant. revenant. I yeah. felt like, wait, who should have gotten that? Do you think somebody else should have gotten that? I think, or I think he should have gotten it for Wolf of Wall Street. He should have gotten the award for Wolf of Wall Street. The Revenant, fine. I like the Revenant. It's all good. It's what is it? But I just feel like they're like trying to make up for uh, yeah, catch for lost up. time. Yeah, a, a golden going, example. Sorry. Um, before we get too far off track, I apologize. Yeah, was um Jeremy Irons not getting nominated at all for Dead Ringers and then winning for Reversal of Fortune the following year? Just trying to play catch up. Yeah, so that was a fast catch up. But um, anyways. And I completely forget where I was going with this. No, your your friend wrote the list, David Lynch. Right, right. Yeah. So she mentioned something that I never even considered, and she said, um, and I, you know, I had said that I that I felt like I was this this child in the you know in the that's saying the emperor wears no clothes because I just don't understand the acclaim of it, and and she had said that um, if I was a woman living in Los Angeles. I would probably understand it better. And I was like, she may absolutely be right. Like some of the things that we never consider, uh, you know, as as a white guy. Mm -hmm. And so I I get a lot of flack about being a white guy. We are both so white. We are both so white with so many opinions. And and yeah, I mean, in Los Angeles, I'm the visible man. You can see my inner circuitry beneath. Wait, what are you showing me? My my how see through I am. Oh, that's how I. First of all, I thought you were going to show me that you're a cutter or that you try to commit suicide. (laughs) And I was like, oh my god, I try to commit suicide too. I'm just kidding. I just was joking. Joking. Actually, that's okay. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, we won't joke (laughs) with that. But um, I'm very see through too, is what yes. I'm saying. Uh, mine was pills, not no, but okay, anyways. mine too. Yes, but the um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're confessing so much. Anyway, but the um, but I, I I thought about that and I was like, what a great way to kind of go back and revisit movies and and figure out, you know, what if I leave the situation that I'm comfortable with, you know, the the life as I live it, and try and and view this movie through somebody else's eyes based on hopefully. The um the information that I know about them because I, you you ask people questions and you learn more about people and and you you kind of have this this new insight into looking at movies and so I plan to do that I plan to actually watch Mulholland Drive and think about would this appeal to me more based on if the types yeah the types of experiences that you have which are going to be completely different than mine and like the pat you know the the fact that that when I was in, a, in entertainment and when I was an actor and I go to um, to casting calls, I got treated very differently than than women actors. I know that I like did. Like how so? Like let's illuminate that. Or People would people... be, I mean this was in the 90s and people would, would like demand um, certain behavioral things on camera that would be completely inappropriate to ask um, a man to do. And I'm, I remember the, the last audition I went on as an actor, mm-hmm. I think it was in 2000, and it was a Mountain Dew commercial of all things. And I used to always get called in a Mountain Dew commercials. I'm totally not the Mountain Dew guy. And the guy operating camera asked me to take my shirt off. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was not comfortable doing that. And I did it anyways. You did? And I felt like dirt. And I'm like, this is what so many women experience all the time in this town. And I was like, and it was like a real huge, like, um, epiphany to me. Why did you have to take your shirt off? I don't know. 
But was it part of, was it like beach it, guy it, 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 at the you, thing? It was walking on water across a pool or something, but it was like, it wasn't in the sides that the guy was shirtless. And actually when, when they sent me the sides through my agent, they asked me to wear a specific type of of clothing. A removable top? Is that what it was? <laughs> it was like fast and easy? I, I could not wear a unitard. Yeah. No, but the um, it was, it was, it, it just didn't make any sense. And it was sort of like an aside. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, is this guy fucking with me? Yeah. Like, is, is he just like, why would somebody request that? And I'm like, well, is there, is that the gig? Like, is, is the, the part in the commercial, you know, um, a topless guy or something? And I uh, said, well, let's, let's try it that way. What? And That's... I was, and I, I just kind of like, I just went out of my, my head. I had like a transcendental, like I left yeah. my body and took my shirt off and did it. And it was, it had to have been terrible because, I was completely not myself. No. I was not giving this performance. But it, it was a real eye-opener like that I had never thought of what Oof. it was like for other people who have the same job that I had. Yeah. Who are just of a different gender. Yeah. And so it, Kim Kim's um, uh, comment really reminded me of that. And I was like, I should do that more often. It's like I should really – and I wish a lot of people did that before they post stuff online. Oh, yeah. You know, like take that extra second to think. Open up that aperture. Aperture? Aperture. Is that – you know when you're – Aperture? Aperture aperture? Aperture. I think I'm right. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, Mason, I'm is... from Massachusetts, so I just lose ours all over the place. Is it aperture or aperture? That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's interesting. I think it also comes down to to get deeper, and maybe this is like uh, an aside also, but, uh, you know, I've been in situations like that, and I make my a big part of my living doing commercials and acting yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, I've never been the, like, uh, the, uh, the, the Paris Hilton kind of, like, right. Kim Kardashian type girl. You know, I have right. like bangs. I look like more of, like, I'm in Ghost World, or I'm, like, the, the, the girl who would work at the comic book shop, or, yeah. like, the you know, the, the kooky arty friend or something like that. So I've never really had to deal with too much. Well, that's a lie. Misogyny and, uh, being taken advantage of or being sexualized. I don't have to deal with it as much because of how I present myself and my intense haircut. How you carry yourself has a lot to do with it. You know, I asked Satine Phoenix about that and she's like, well, I'm a tall girl and I'm not really thin. So I think I get a lot less of it than some of my friends do. Like she comes off, she carries a certain toughness with her that makes her not get as much not draw as much of that um predator type person but then also i okay so i uh i was telling before we started rolling we're talking about i was telling you about the women the women women of cine family festival that this right. past weekend uh there's a film that you directed in i it. wrote and directed the short film that was in the festival but uh overall and i'm i don't know if you love cine family but i love cine yeah, family I those guys and uh one of the shows, uh, one of the the nights, uh, Brie Larson programmed this movie called uh, Hunting Ground. Wow! And it, have you heard about this movie? No. Hunting Ground is about like uh, rape on college campuses and how it's not reported because the documentary. Okay. Yeah, it's a documentary, and it's it's not reported uh, because because colleges want to want money from uh, you know if, if if there's like a high rate administrations of, brush it away brush it away yeah. because they want people to donate to to the school and then that that makes it anyway so uh, mm. and so the, afterwards there's a Q and A and uh, the two girls who uh, were made the documentary I'm probably saying all of this wrong but the two girls that the documentary was about um, who kind of went on this crusade to like form a network to help uh, victims of rape on college campus mm-hmm. campuses um, they were talking about how how you can protect yourself as a woman and blah, blah, and you know, and these, uh, from predators essentially. Yeah. And they said, they, they use this kind of, and I, it was great. The event was great. These women are great, but they used this kind of blanket statement that said, uh, 
you know, self-care. Self-care is very important. And I don't know what that means. And I was in the audience and I was like, okay, I kind of get what that means. But it's a very like pop culture like blanket statement that kind of is really vague. And, yeah. and, and so uh, going back to you being in that casting mm-hmm. uh, and me going to castings or just being a woman living my life in Los Angeles and this, this uh, blanket statement of self-care as far as like uh, that I learned from this Q&A mm-hmm. uh, as far as like how women can protect themselves or people can predict protect themselves from predators at large i thought if you dig deeper uh i feel like people aren't taught enough whether it's men or women doesn't have to just be for women not to be predators well not 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 exactly people shouldn't be predators but what i mean is in order to protect yourself in situations where you can be preyed upon you uh i feel like not enough people listen to their intuition yeah and that little voice inside you that goes like what like this feels wrong i don't want to take my shirt off but you don't have to be a a girl to you know you're just like anytime you know, I feel like it does happen more, to, way more to women yeah. because, uh, you know, for the most part. Whatever. I will say this, that I looked really young when I was younger. Oh, really? And so, like, when I was first booking um, commercials, I got sent out on, on spots where the other kids in the room were, like, 14 and 15 oh years old. Oh, my God. And I was, like, 20. Yeah. And, um, and, like, when I was 21, 22, it was still, like, 16-year-old kids. And so, like, I've got... You know, I have a very odd peer group in a way, like performers that people I used to see at auditions all the time, whether it was Tobey Maguire or, um, golly, you know, um, Jeremy Jeremy Renner, you know, yeah. I used to see it at auditions all the time. Those yeah. guys are quite a bit, I'm, I'm 45 years old, so they're, they're quite a bit younger than me. And um, and then even like the generation that was a little bit younger than them, like I was, I'm a small guy. Yeah. And so you're it's... being preyed upon. So you had this like, ample opportunity to be preyed upon. Possibly, yeah. Um, well, I was just like, yeah, I just thought like a deeper way to look at it is like, you know, trust your intuition. If you feel like you're being preyed upon and something is off, like fall, don't push it yeah. aside. So many people fall, push it aside. And also like, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people uh, are like. I don't want somebody to be mad at me. I have to do what they say. Oh, I got to be yeah. a people pleaser. People terrible pleaser. Mindset. Yeah. And even in like that in uh, that scene in the girl with the dragon tattoo. Mm-hmm. Remember when? Uh, oh God, I had no idea this is what we're going to talking about. Where I would start <laughs> going off on a diatribe about. But uh, remember that scene where like the bad guy, the bad guy murderer guy invites the other guy inside the house. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and. And the guy who's invited in knows it's kind of like a bad, it knows it's a bad idea, but goes in anyway. And then the murderer, when he's got the guy, says, why did you come inside? Yeah. You knew your intuitive voice, like something along those lines, like you knew not to, but you did it anyway. And it's this is like psychological thing where it's like, you know, people prey upon other people not uh, speaking out for themselves and being too afraid to say no. Yeah. I think that's such an important thing to instill in everybody and like girls especially. But like, it's OK to say no. Yeah. Trust that, in, you know, your intuition, that little voice, because you can use it to guide you and uh you know, you don't have to, I don't know. I've had that. I know of, a lot of people that seemingly have no common sense though, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. How would you define common sense? What's that too? That's like I the guess, same stuff. You no, know, that's funny. It's good that you bring that up because I've, I've heard that in different um, contexts where people will say, especially in businesses, they're like, but it's common sense. I'm like, no, you don't have any common culture Yeah. in order for you to say that there's common sense. But I, I think that, you know, it's pretty easy to assess I think for me, I mean, clearly you have 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 said that there's you can you can assess a situation because you have intuition, yeah, and you will um, act a certain way upon it. I've seen a lot of people that seemingly have 
They just don't have that at all. I wonder what that is. Because you can see when someone's doing something that they think is a bad idea because they don't want to upset the apple cart. Yeah, they're reticent. And you can see somebody who's 100% oblivious. I'm doing it. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Oh, wow. Wow. That guy's got a knife behind me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at this plastic rug. Yeah, totally. Oh, God. Oh, my God. American Psycho style. Yeah. Weird. Why is this down here? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But there are a lot of people that I don't think um, have that. And I think that that is... Maybe when you talk about this this phrase of you know um, self self care or... self care that if it isn't instilled yeah. it might just not be there like someone's got to turn that on yeah maybe it's a parent maybe it's Ugh. you know an older brother or sister or something that someone has to kind of like light that pilot light of common sense I will totally do if I ever have a kid situations I'm totally gonna do that if I ever have a kid yeah are you gonna have any kids I don't know do you, you have know kids? I, I still no I don't I've, we we've, we've been discussing that lately like I, I think that I finally hit that age where I realized. Wow, I I could have kids. Like it, it was always like a financial thing, yeah. or it's like it's expensive. You know, I want it is expensive, and or I want to accomplish this or that, and then um, I realize you know we could probably totally do this. So it, it's something that I, I may actually do, and I'm kind of amazed that, about it. But um, that it's I think because I've waited longer, I might be better at it. Yeah, I would hope so. You lived your life. Yeah. I mean, people who get married so young and then, uh, yeah, I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm trying to push it to the limit so I can do all this stuff and get out of my system. And then when I actually commit to somebody, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I want to be here. That's yeah. why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, rocking. Well, we're going to take our, our first break really quickly. And it was probably our only break, actually. And um, hear a little word from our sponsors. And then we'll be right back with Alexi Wasser. Hello, and welcome back to Pod Sequentialism. I am, of course, your host, Matt Kennedy, and I have with me Alexi Wasser, who is, aside from just one of my favorite guests already that I've ever had on the yeah, program. Yeah, no way. You wouldn't lie to me, would you? I wouldn't That's lie amazing. to you. No, no, and I never say that. <laughs> oh, my I God. Mean, it's an exclusive. Yeah, go back and listen to the, to the, the podcast and you'll see that. <laughs> oh, my God. That, um, I win. You're easy to talk to because you do this. Well, this is my favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah. If I could just live my life always wearing headphones and the microphone in front of me, <laughs> just talking to people about everything, uh, you know. I could uh, die and go to heaven. But I have to ask you a very important question. Please do. I've been waiting. This is like really, really important. Oh, my God. Feel my judgment. Oh, God. Boombox or Walkman? Boombox or Walkman? Oh, man. Is there a right answer? There might be. Boombox or Walkman? I'm going to choose one, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. And even if it's not the right answer, my reason might make you say, all right, I like her. Sure. I side with her now. Yep. Um, Listen, hold on. This is not my answer. Don't you dare step on my toes with this. Let me just tell you, boomboxes are cool looking, right? Mm-hmm. Very cool looking. Mm-hmm. It's a place where I think they're real, real cool, real hip. Mm-hmm. Love them. Uh, big fan. Walkman. Mm-hmm. Also have a great love for them. I choose Walkman. Here's why. Here's why. The headphones. Headphones. Uh, that you, you're, you can walk down the street, hands in your in your pockets and with your hoodie on, mm-hmm. and you're not distracting anyone. You're being polite to people. You're you're internalizing your stuff. You're having a romantic moment with yourself, and you're you're living your life, experiencing all your special experiences in your head, and not putting that upon other people. I feel like a person even now who who buys a. a I feel like I haven't heard anything after uh, <laughs> romance with myself. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Because I feel like if you if like even now you can buy a boombox yeah. at Urban Outfitters because all that stuff is back, very you, hip. Well, you can you can buy a boombox at, at Urban Outfitters, I suppose. Well, you know whatever you yeah. guys know what what a cool like authentic real one would be, but I just feel like the person who would buy that, I get worried. That they would just like blast it real loud and be very rude and in your face. And I'd yeah. be like, hey, I'm just trying to listen to my podcast and my headphones. You've now. sold me. Now, I'm a huge boombox guy. I collect boomboxes. Oh, my God. I I'm leaving. A boombox yeah, cool, cool. show. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 
But I also love Walkmans. Yeah. And I think that I loved my Walkman more than I ever loved my boombox for exactly the reasons you talk about, that it's your own world. You can take the outside world and make it disappear just by putting on the headphones and enjoying, you know, the space that you created for yourself. The mixtape, of course, oh is God. no stranger to either format. Yes. So, like, I've just been posting crazy all these photos of pictures that I'm 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 buying tons of sealed cassette tapes. Oh wow! Like really specific stuff. Yeah. Like of my of my youth and my adolescence and things and and these these totems these but they're sealed they're factory sealed. Now I have the music on better formats already. I've got you know CDs and I've got you know the um MP3 MP3s and yeah. stuff. But I'm going to bounce that stuff back down to recordable cassettes. You are? So I can play them on my boomboxes. Yes. That's romantic. And invade other people's space with it. You're a romantic, and I, I appreciate it. If I see I'm you- I'm a loud romantic. You're a loud monster of a romantic, but that's okay. I accept you. And that's what this whole podcast is about, this community. It's all about community. <laughs> this Meltdown comic community. Oh, man. I felt but like I, I lost I the game show. No, you won. You won. <laughs> the, um, but the, it's funny because, you know, these, these things, you know, and, and why- why you do what you do, I got to assume, is that aside from it's incredibly gratifying to be able to talk about stuff you want to talk about. Yes, with people you want to talk to who are just, and people are so fascinating. Yeah, and it's, if you don't kind of open up your worldview to the opinions of other people and the people that you talk to, then you're just the same person for your entire life. And I don't think that's necessarily healthy unless you started as Buddha. <laughs> but um, you know that the things that you were touchstones for you when you were younger are going to become these things you can keep touching back to for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so what are some of the things that as a result of podcasting and um, I guess is videogramming still a thing? Video Oh, vlogging kind of yeah. things? Oh, yeah. I'm doing that on my Snapchat all yeah. the time. Uh, but what are the things that you've kind of pulled back? Like you've said, oh, wow, I used to really love this thing. And now because of my ability to search out different people this is kind of rekindled is there has there been a moment like that well i don't know if i'm gonna answer this right but uh i still have my blog i might revisit that that's there i can do with it what i will whenever i want to and dip back into that mm-hmm. the podcasting is so amazing because my mom reminded me of this recently and gave me a tape like a physical tape she was like you used to do this in our studio studio apartment mm-hmm. on franklin and cherimoya in hollywood because my parents were never married i'm a latchkey kid like my bus mm-hmm. stop is outside here gardner i would go to toy tie yeah. Uh, I still live right down the street here, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah. so every part of Los Angeles has kind of like a memory for me from my upbringing because I was born and raised here. But uh, I used to do like radio shows at home and I would record them. I had like two boombox things, I yep. think. I record, I had a blank tape, and then I'd go from like one tape where I'd play a song, like a Madonna song. Yep. And then I'd come back and I'd be like, well, I'm back. And I do like pretend commercials and all this stuff. That's amazing. You're like a DJ I, in and your like, house. But I had my radio show. I interview people. And I was like so into that. My mom was like, you were doing that when you were like eight years old or maybe younger and had wow. guests on and stuff. And then and uh, and it's just crazy because it's like I was already who I was going to be so young. And then it, now I'm like I've always loved comic book stores. I used to mm-hmm. read Katie Keene and Betty and Veronica and uh, Archie Comics and all that stuff. Garbage Pill Kids. Like I would just collect all those. Mm-hmm. And uh and it's just weird. It's like I came back to myself or something. Yeah. Uh, and I'm an only child. And the cool thing is with the podcast is it's like a controlled environment where I can venture out. Because I'm, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also an introvert. Right. Where it's like you and I are having a chat. We're having a lot of energy exchange between us yeah. and talking. But I can't do that all day. Like, it seems like I can. Like, I have a lot of energy. If I, we were standing next to each other at a bus stop, we yeah. would not speak to each other. No, we would. We would, because I love people and I love talking. Oh, okay. I don't know if you'd want to, but I'd be like, "Hey, what's going on? Oh my God, where are you getting shirt? Uh, you know, whatever." But 
because I love people. I'm fascinated by, by people. Okay. I have a huge desire, which is why I do what I do in general, to like feel less alone right. and to connect with people because I feel like if I can talk to you about really intense stuff, mm-hmm. and I also really like talking to strangers about really intense personal stuff more than sometimes pe- people I know because they, they don't really have a preconceived idea of me. Right. Maybe they do now because my online presence, but not like everybody knows about me. But uh, right. But that uh, single serving interaction, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. And then, then it's like you're coming at somebody with like a blank slate and they're just going to, it's just, but, uh, but I, because I'm an only child, I like to, and I'm an introvert extrovert. I like stay at home. I hide away. I watch my movies, my TV shows and listen to all my podcasts and go on my walks by myself. And then I can have these intense one-on-one things via like, you know, via my podcast where I can have these friend dates and like pick somebody's brain and it's yeah. like this kind of controlled exciting I too thing. I am nodding. Yeah. Nodding on a podcast. He's nodding you guys. You can't see it. But uh, <laughs> so it's just like uh, I don't even know if that answers your question or what this all means but uh, that's how I feel and I'm sticking to it. Well no. You're, you're realizing that what your touchstone is is something that it, it happened early and you've become that. Yeah. And so the, where that goes is as a, as a result of that of finding that out and that's great. And I'm happiest when I'm because I feel like we're in this thing right now. We're yeah. we're in this bubble. We're having a chat, and it's just like this is what it is. It's mm-hmm. like when I feel my most like present or be here now or whatever, yeah, like yeah. Ramdas styles. Yeah. Like, and uh, I also feel like the most calm and present when I'm making stuff. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's writing or like you know making a film. Like I really want to make a feature, and I made my short film, and now I'm gearing up to make a feature film that mm-hmm. I write, write that I wrote and that I'm going to direct and act in, and like. Yeah, being in the making of stuff, whether it's podcast or filmmaking or whatever, makes me feel like, yeah, I can shut the rest of the world out and all the chaos and all the stuff and, and like where I'm doing this thing. And yeah. like and it's the most fulfilling thing in the world. Yeah. And uh yeah, I'm also taking taking a year off dating is what I've decided. Really? Because that's, that's a distraction for me, I feel like. Or I'm gonna try not to fuck around with uh Once you say that though, you you're almost cursed for it to not happen. But as long as that means I'm gonna find somebody great. Yeah. Because I'm just like done like dating interesting people but going into it i know that they're totally wrong for me like they live in another state or they're a drug addict or they're emotionally unavailable available but they're so neat when they do talk rock star movie star author (laughs) that's how did you know that's all i date i can't believe it how did you know that oh my god (laughs) that's like the trifecta of emotionally unavailable people really why is that Uh, because they're also doing what you're doing it's oh. like that they're working on them oh yeah and they don't have time for for anybody else and so that's what you see as, as something that you have in common yeah and then that yeah. becomes the unbreaking of it all well that's so fascinating that you say that because when i spoke on i spoke on a panel at women of cine family at the festival mm-hmm. and we were talking about what it means to be a woman and all these things and and uh make stuff and things that women struggle with mm-hmm. and i decided and this is something i said was uh my stomach is growling like a crazy person. Oh my god, I'm so low blood sugar and yet so entertaining. <laughs> I should have no personality, so I'm really uh, trying to pull through for you. Okay. Anyway, I'm humiliated. I'm so embarrassed. We my couldn't hear growls. it though. We couldn't hear. Oh it yeah, at all. cool. Let me just uh, stop talking about it then. Okay. Um, I decided I want to be the man that I want to date. Like, I, it's like yeah. a long time ago, I used to try to like sexualize and date men who were like really cool, like a cool director or a drummer. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, because I, I was trying to swim up to that kind of greatness as close as I could uh and and like you know and I'm like fuck that like I want to be as great as the man that I want to date like that doesn't mean I don't want to date a great person I want to be inspired by them and and be fascinated by them and and we can inspire each other but I don't want to just be like 
Oh yeah, like I don't know. I I don't want to think that's as close as I can get to to being great. I yeah, don't, don't brush up against greatness. Be the greatness. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why women. I mean, that's a that's a, something I definitely did early on. Mm-hmm. Like you know, all and as if like a boyfriend is currency. Like oh, my boyfriend's the drummer of blah blah blah, or my boyfriend's uh, the director. It's like that who, plus one mentality. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. disgusting. I don't want to be like I you know anyway. But I think it's a shame though. So do you think like. Oh yeah, but that's why I know I'm going on a tirade here. But uh, yeah, that's it is making it easy for me to be kind of cold and aloof to dating because I'm like yeah. so all about my stuff now. Yeah, yeah. So God, so where do you think? Well, it's like exactly. It's what will happen is it'll happen when it happens, right? Who is going to be? Tell me everything. Be my oracle. <laughs> who is going to be my great guy who's also kind we have and to available? Do a card trick. It have you have to like cut where, the deck and then where I pull are the it cards? It's like and here he is. Where are the cards? And it's I'll tell you what he looks a little bit like George Clooney. He does. And um, who else? Who else? Wait, what? wait, 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 wait. No, I'm 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 envisioning it. It's going to be a combination oh of. I feel like you're lying to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I might be, Damn but it. the um. There's two other guys, two other guys that would be part of the perfect man for you, right? It's, it's, um, hmm. Two of them are actors, one of them is a musician, probably. Okay. I feel like you're not taking me seriously. <laughs> oh <my laughs> no, God. I'm not, I'm not mansplaining. Well, but uh, I'm, I'm, I don't I'm think com- you are. No, never. No. Not I, you. I, I completely, completely agree with what you're talking about. And, but I do think that, that, you know, when you, if uh, there is also this understanding or misunderstanding or perception that, um, that, successful people need to only focus on what it is that they're looking at to have success. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's different grades of success. So what you need to figure out, and all of us really, is how much of your time has to be thrown towards one specific thing and is a happy and healthy home life part of that full package of pushing things forward. But that's really hard to do because everything's so competitive so like especially in entertainment that you kind of do have to if you don't put in eight hours plus five minutes a day mm-hmm. you know there's someone else who's putting in 10 hours there's someone else who's putting in 16 hours and then there's all the tweakers that put in 24 oh, plus man. hours but not those guys we're not gonna be up. <laughs> but also like then again nobody can say what i you know i have my voice i'm only i'm gonna present what i'm gonna present somebody right. else is gonna present so it's like I don't know. So it's not Then you've got point of view and that's where where your the the tastes kind of kind of filter. But the however much time you put into it is the right amount of time. Yeah. If you love what you do. And so if you're thinking like, well, in order to be fair to a new relationship, I know that I'm putting 16 hours a day into this and I need my 8 hours of sleep, yeah. then you're like, well, I really don't have an opportunity, so I want to take it kind of casual, I want to take it kind of light. Yeah. And then you'll know, I'm sure, you know, when you meet that person and the spark goes off, whatever, that um, that you're you're going to start like, I'm going to peel back, you know, from 16 hours the to 14 stuff. hours to well, 13 hours. Well, it's hard because you feel compelled because it's like yeah. when you, you know, and all the sparks happen and you're like, oh my God, I want to be with this person all the time. Yeah. But uh, I feel like I get very like... Oh my God, my stomach is still growling. Whatever, ignore that. But um, I didn't eat yet either. Good, good, so. yeah. Uh, okay. Just t- say it's me. I'll believe a, you. I had a power bar beforehand. I was trying to like anyway. But uh, be responsible. They didn't but, feed me uh, a camel. I can't believe it. Um, they have a nice backstage there. I, th- I when I did date band guys and got to be the girlfriend. It's cavernous. It's oh, cavernous. Really? It's like a lot of weird little side rooms, little and, nooks and yeah. snacks and food. But uh, what was like um the whole thing about the romantic stuff? It's uh my problem is I am such a romantic and I get so e- I'm so easily excited. Mm-hmm. Um, by a person who could be completely wrong for me, but I'm fascinated by them, yeah. and I'll give a thousand percent. And uh, I do feel like a relationship. It's like making a living doing what you love, mm-hmm. and and being in a 
great loving relationship are like the two most important things in the world. And like, Alexi is, is gesturing with her hands. Yeah, open. I'm like, wing, got, yeah. Her palms turned up <laughs> and like, gesturing yeah, and doing a, them. That's a metaphor. Like a scale, yeah. Like a scale. I'm a Libra. Also, I get all this. You're a Libra. Those yes. are the best. Yes. What am I, I guess? Uh, Gemini. No. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, um, two let's more. See. Oh, let's see. Well, um, actually, you're probably. Yes. You're probably Sagittarius. No. Or Leo. One more guess. Oh, well, one more plus Leo. Come on. Ethereal, dreamy, magical. Aquarius? Yes. Oh, okay. I can't believe it. Wow. You only had 12 guesses. I know. <laughs> um, I came in somewhere ahead of came, half. You did. I'm proud of you. You're yes. way better at it than I am. Um, But uh, I, I, here's what I'm trying to believe. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to believe that uh, I'm able to do all my work mm-hmm. and make room for something good, that mm-hmm. I can strike that balance. And also sometimes I feel like when I'm in a relationship, it makes me want to get more stuff done because I don't want to resent the person I'm with. So I'll wake up earlier and be like, I got to do this. So you can be my reward yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's that's a really good idea. I want to look at it like that. And then I'm also Write trying, a book on that alone. I got to write a book. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Use it as a, as a, what's the word? Pop psychology. Pop, not pop psychology, <laughs> but uh, impotent, like, or just, uh, not impotent, impetus. Impetus for or, uh, the idea. Or just, uh, or use it as inspiration to be your best self to like, yeah. but uh, but then I also, here's what I'm hoping. If I have a willingness. Catalyst? To, catalyst? Maybe so. Okay. Let's put a pin in that. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Sorry I just about know. That. But uh, no, no, no sorries with me. Um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like if I have a willingness to be very loving and kind and open, mm-hmm. I mean, if I have a willingness to be loving, sorry, I don't mean to be too like spiritual and embarrassing right now, but uh, among that three tenants are. I'm just saying, okay, I'm just saying, I have to. Expects a Spanish Inquisition. If I if I have to trust that if I have a willingness to be uh, monogamous, uh, kind, and emotionally available to somebody, mm-hmm. um, uh, and loving, that somebody out there. Mm-hmm. That I'm uh, that I respect, who is funny, and hopefully I'm attracted to, exist with a, with that same willingness for me. Maybe that's I don't not, know. That's not a uh, stiff criteria. That's not a, a heavy bill of goods. I think that's pretty <sighs> easy to accomplish. It we'll should see. be right. Well, it should be. I mean, I'm taking a year off dating. Yeah. I'm full circle to that. Uh, we're both podcasters. I'm yes. trying, to, trying to bring us home. Uh, but yeah, but I'm taking a year off, and all that means is I'm just trying not to date like 21 year olds. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, men who are emotionally unavailable, drug addicts who live in another city or whatever. Yeah. Or mean. So as thanks, well, Mason. Mason gave me like uh, what's he gave the, a thumbs up the and thumbs the okay. Up and the okay. The okay. Yeah, the love it. Okay. <laughs> thanks, you guys. Yes. <laughs> it's something very Arthur Fonzarelli about Mason today. Very cool. Hey. <laughs> but the um, I think also too that as you're, I mean, you're still experiencing, you're still on your way up the ladder here. Like you're, you're starting to reach the next plateau of expression and things that you want to do. You know, having a short film under your belt striving towards a feature that as these projects become more complicated and as, as you see success, as you ac- accomplish and move forward and even with failures, cause I think that you don't have success without failures because there's nothing to measure them against mm-hmm. that. Um, you're going to be constantly finding that your ideas about things at a younger age change. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know I hit a certain point in my life. Where I'm like, I'm not dating any girls under the age of 26. Yeah. You know, and then it was like 28 and then it was, Good. and then I got married again. Good. Yeah. So it's like, I've actually, I've been married to two women with the same name. Oh, really? Yeah. Alexi? No, no. I. Oh, yeah. her name's I? Yeah. My wife, my wife, both were Japanese. My, my wife is I and oh my, my ex-wife was I. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. An unusual coincidence. And actually I, you know, when I, we met online and when, uh, when we went on our date yeah. and I, 
you know, she had a screen name and I had a screen name. And I was like, oh, so what's your name? And she was like, oh, my name is I. I was like, oh, that was my ex-wife's name. And she's thinking to herself, okay, I'm getting a free dinner and I'm oh going home. Oh, my you know, God, like, yeah. But, we, but I went her over, I guess, by the end of that date. But then you won't scream out the wrong name in bed. Right. Or if you do, you're Well, it's, okay. it's very easy for my mom to remember my wife's name. Yeah. Because it's an unusual name by, you know, Irish Catholic from Boston standards. Yeah. And so having had the practice of remembering that name, it's it's easier for her to remember. But of course their their kanji is different, so they I doesn't mean the same thing. Oh. So um in different kanji for I can be like indigo or it can be love. And so um my wife is indigo, my ex wife hers was love and it's different kanji, it's a different character, but it sounds the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where were they from? Where Japan. Was, both from Japan? Yeah. Oh, but both different meanings of the eye? Yep. That's intense. Yeah, that's that's unusual. If there's one thing I take away from today, I've learned that, and I'm going to try to work it into like some kind of like dinner party fodder. Yeah, you're like, I just did a podcast with a guy who collects eyes. I know. Well, that's fine with dot, me. Dot, dot, dot. That's fine with me. And I'm here because I have big blue eyes. Yes. Anyway. Oh, God. I'm going to kill myself. I don't know. But yeah, I definitely... You're right about like the learning what matters to you more as you mm-hmm. get older and as you kind of evolve. And I know that like, oh God, one thing that I listen to like gospel is uh, the episode. Do you like Gary Shandling? Oh, the Gary Shandling show was great. Yeah. Well, I listened to Larry the- Sanders show was amazing too. Well, I listened to Gary Shandling as a guest on Pete Holmes podcast mm-hmm. on repeat because to me that's like gospel because it's like there are all these like really wonderful like kernels of knowledge and nuances in that episode where it's you just a, reminded me that Gary Shandling died I know I know and I'm like oh my god Gary Shandling but he's not still, here he's here in spirit though in this podcast and uh and in Pete Holmes podcast uh that's all I ever do on my podcast is reference other people's, other people's podcasts, podcasts and it's kind of like a, an ad for other people's podcasts but uh Gary Shandling and, and Pete Holmes were talking about how uh you kind of pick if you're lucky, I don't know, we're here to like learn who we are in mm. this lifetime or, or like, uh, oh God, I'm saying this all wrong. But something about, uh, I want to use, about using mediums to, uh, I can't even, I think I'm so low blood sugar, I can't even do this. <laughs> to um, like what, what your mission is in life, that's what you use the medium for. So whether it's like, for me, it's like, uh, I don't know. Oh, the medium the medium determines your message. Yeah. For sure. And so in a way, because it determines the message, it it's a an extension of, of what it is that you want to do. What you're trying to do. So whether yeah. it's podcasting, blogging, acting, writing, filmmaking, uh whatever, uh stand up comedy. It's mm-hmm. like uh I think uh I think I'm trying to uh I think I need a power bar is what I need. I think I'm, I'm sputtering out, but, um, gotcha. But, uh, I'm trying to do something take a sip. good. Take, uh, a, take sip. a sip of my coffee. I think my head will explode. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to do something where it's like, uh, people feel less alone and I can be my most vulnerable and raw. So I can be the butt of the joke and I want to make people laugh. And I want to like, uh, not that you're even asking about any of this stuff, but I'm just realizing through all those mediums, like my goal has always kind of been the same thing, mm-hmm. which is weird. Cause like I did, you know, I like comics and I like uh, hosting a, a pretend show when I was like seven years old or eight mm-hmm. years old in my mom's studio apartment with my neighbors. And, um, you know, and now I'm here as an adult doing that on a on a podcast. And, and uh, as a guest on someone else's podcast on because your... you're so successful doing what you do. Well, hopefully that is true. Well, thank you for saying that. And the but, yeah, I just want to like continue to. Uh, to, yeah, I don't know, make people feel less alone and make people laugh and, and reveal myself as much as possible on, on all these different mediums so other people can go like, oh, wow, I'm the same and, and just create an example and then maybe other people will be brave enough to do what they want to do. I think that's what my goal is, I think. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe, mission accomplished. Uh, hopefully so. And then, uh, you know, and then maybe find a cool, cool guy. In a year. 
You think so? I think so. I think it's going to happen before that. I want names. You want names? Russell Brand is married. My heart, you, <laughs> you know, don't want my heart Brand. sunk. <laughs> you don't want Russell Brand. I used to have such a crush on him. <laughs> Talk about, uh, you know, uh, unavailable. Unavailable. Yeah, emotionally unavailable. Listen, I feel good about it. I feel I feel like everything's going to be okay. After this podcast uh, In a year, comes out. It'll all be, it'll all come full circle. It will? Yeah, it'll be a circle of healing, including really? Russell Brand's circle of healing. Oh my God. After this podcast drops, I swear to God, people are going to be like, listen. Yeah. I love that girl. Where can I find her? Yeah. I'll be like, sorry, shooting yeah. a movie. I'll get messages. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably a great place to stop. Oh I want to thank you so much for coming on. This was great. This was a, a really, really amazing experience. I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for having me. I mean, I, where's my snack? I'm going to need my snack now. Okay? <laughs> I need lunch. We'll go get some lunch. I can't believe how quickly I, uh, I like a robot, like somebody pressed the stop button or turned the lever. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I think my, yeah, my life goal is... <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I really let myself down there. <laughs> anyway, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And um, spit out some social media, some hashtags, the whole nine yards. Stop yelling at me. I totally will. I promise. I'm sorry. Okay. Bye. Hello, this is Matt Kennedy from Pod Sequentialism. And um, what many, many of you may know that I, I do run a gallery in Los Angeles called La Luz de Jesus Gallery. And what you may not know is that it's inside Wacko, which is probably the greatest center of pop culture in the world. And it may sound like hyperbole. It's not. Um, you can, If you don't want to trust my judgment, you can listen to people like Kevin Smith, uh, James Gunn, uh, David Mack, um, all of whom will swear that uh, one of their favorite places on earth is uh, Wacko, the shop that houses La Luz de Jesus Gallery. Um, whether it's blind box toys or little tchotchkes or art books, it pretty much is the place that you can get all of your Christmas shopping done for every possible annoying person to buy for that you can imagine. They've got everything, and I highly recommend that you visit them. You can visit them online at soapplant.com. You can visit the gallery at laluzdejesus.com, and that's spelled L-A-L-U-Z-D-E-J-E-S-U-S.com. Check them out and tell them Matt Kennedy sent you.